Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back here on the Ohio wind. Um, Tuesday morning is a important day here in Ohio, Central Ohio. You, you might be like, wow, what, what is so important about Tuesday? Is it a big day for COVID research? No, Sheets is coming to Central Ohio. And you might be sitting there going, hey, in my area of Ohio, we have a million Sheets. Well, for some reason, Central Ohio, a big populous area with Columbus and some big suburbs around Columbus. We have no sheets. Well, it's going to be taken care of. There is one coming, and we're hearing reports of anywhere up to 50. But the one is opening in the Delaware area, which is a little north of Columbus. But, man, after a couple months, they're going to open like wildfire. It'll be like anything else, like speedways and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Craig... You told me what two seconds ago that you're a big fan of the sheets. So yeah, yeah, we have one sheets essentially oh, okay. in, in my area. It's not. It's, it's really not even in my area necessarily. It's actually about a half hour away. But anytime you know, me and my wife go out and about, you know, towards the Cleveland area, we always like to stop at Sheets. They have made-to-order food, and it's really good. I mean, especially for a gas station, but. You know, it's it's a really it's it kind of rivals. Maybe I don't know if people in Columbus have a, a lot of the uh, Speedway cafes, but it's kind of like that, where you go to your touch screen, you order your food, and you know you can kind of customize things. And I mean, it's from anything from macaroni and cheese to breakfast sandwiches to mozzarella sticks. I mean, Sheets has a lot of selection for you know. A gas station. It really does have a lot of a lot of things to to kind of cipher through. But uh, you know, you could probably be there for twenty minutes just looking at all the you know interesting combinations or possibilities. It's really really a nice uh, nice establishment. My wife keeps telling me one of the places we normally go in Ohio. There's a sheet, and she says, "Hey, we stopped there." And I, I guess maybe I haven't thought of it, or maybe when I've went to that one. We've been more going, okay, we need gas. We've right. got to go through. But, yeah, I mean, and officially, uh, reading the story here in the Columbus Dispatch, they're saying at least a dozen stores are expected to open over the next year, and the 50 stores will be done by 2025. So it won't be in the next few days, but, hey, they're coming. It's going to be big. Um, have you ever heard of this? Um the fans of Sheets are called Sheets Freaks. I have not heard that. No, I'm, okay. I'm a fan of Sheets, but I don't know if I would. I don't know what what qualifies you as a Sheets freak. I don't visit it every day, but like I said, when when my wife and I go out towards the east part of you know in, in the Cleveland area, we usually stop there because there's one about a half hour away from from our house. So um, it's it's a really nice way. And you know the one that we have. I don't know if the the ones down in Columbus will have them, but. Uh, the one, the one that we have also has uh, Tesla plugins as well too. So it's uh, okay, you know, kind of an you know you can get gas, you can plug your Tesla in, you can go get. I mean, it's a beautiful store. Go get your your drinks or your snacks, and then of course you know the big thing I think is ordering food there. You could really, you know, it it can rival some fast food chains. Is it the same like price point as fast food and? Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're you know a lot of it depends on what you're getting, but yeah, I think you know you're you're not going to pay much more than what you would pay you know for something small at a you know a Burger King or a McDonald's or something like that. But it's it's I think it's better. Like if someone gave me a choice between like McDonald's or Sheets or 
you know, even Burger King or Sheets, I'd probably go to Sheets. Hmm. I'm this not really a McDonald's fan though, but Sheets, Sheets just has a lot of a lot of variety. I mean, they're they're made to order, so it's not like you're pulling, you know, a, a breakfast sandwich or whatever out of a, a heater, you know, a warmer. You're actually getting it made as you order it, much like you would at the Speedway Cafe. So it's it's a lot. It's you know maybe high end gas station food, I guess you would call it. Here's a big question now in the article, and uh, again, support local journalism. I, I mean, this is a article for subscribers of the Columbus Dispatch, and if you're like, what am I getting for the about a dollar a month that you could do under the trial? Um, you get stuff like this. You, you hear everything about the sheets. And, and Craig, I'm asking this from the story. Uh, they talked to Travis Sheets, who's the president and COO of the um, company, and you know they're asking him about different features in the in the sheets, and they say. The bathrooms are as nice as you would find in hotels. Uh, what have you seen there? Hmm. Well, I'm trying to think. I know I, I know I have used the restrooms there. I think you know from what I recall, they're very nice. I mean, I I can't okay. recall whether or not they're you know hotel level, but um, I've never really had a bad experience in one. So yeah, I mean, well, without getting gross, I mean, and I've had this experience. That's why I'm bringing this up. Yeah, there's times where you have to go. And if you're on a long travels and everything, you can't always say, okay, I got I can wait until I, I get home. I mean, you're getting gas or you stop at a gas station. You're like, oh, man, I've got to go. And I'll be honest with you, I've had some experiences in gas stations in general where I'm like, I have to go. I'm like, oh, my, you know, when you go into the bathroom. So, right. Uh, so is, is it better than those oh, my experiences? Yes. There's some yes, gas stations yeah. that, Oh, definitely it's definitely, definitely better than the oh my experiences. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I'm sure the, I mean, the the store that we go to, which is in Sheffield, um, is is probably relatively new. But the one, obviously, the ones down in Columbus are going to be brand new. So I can only imagine how much better they may be, with other you know, compared to the other sheets that are around the uh, state. Okay. Very good. So yeah, I'm no, I'm seeing like they have pictures of this uh, Delaware uh, sheets, and it, it looks familiar. I'm, I'm sure I've been there. Um, wow, they say a typical sheet store, thirty to forty seats for, for those who choose to eat inside. There's the one that you go to have that. What what does it have? I'm sorry, I didn't hear yeah, that. They say thirty to forty seats for those who choose to eat inside. I I know the one that we go to does not have. Uh, it might have a couple of seats, but it does not have that many. I know that. Wow, very good. And, so and you, guys for, try. you guys are basically getting another restaurant down there. It seems like. Yeah, that's and, pretty and cool. Here, and here's the other thing too. I mean, <clears throat> my wife and I have talked about this. When we get food for our family. If it's just one of them, well, like my wife took a, uh, she I had to work yesterday, so she went to my sister's uh, to hang out with the kids. They got a big play area in the backyard, and it just gave them something to do while I was working. And um, well, we always talk about the going. Well, when you go somewhere to eat on the way back, you know, obviously you need drive through because you want to take two kids inside. But also, too, what if that place doesn't have drive through? Curbside delivery becomes a big deal, you know, especially if you want to take kids inside. This sheets has curbside delivery, Craig. This is amazing. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty nice. I know the one in – I don't think the one in Sheffield has that, but, you know, it might, you know, with the pandemic. But I don't – I was looking at their website to see if they did, but I don't see that they have that option at the Sheffield uh, store. I'll be honest, with multiple kids, even after the pandemic, curbside delivery is going to become a big deal to me. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, that might be where I go eat anymore. It's kind of interesting. So, yeah, in, in central Ohio, get this, Craig. They're saying the region already has 651 gas stations and convenience stores. That's quite a few. Yes. I think. But you know what, though? I think with sheets, you're going to get something that – you can't really get at a lot. Like, like I said, I don't, I think the closest thing that, you know, for people that maybe have never been to sheets, especially down in central Ohio or maybe Southern Ohio is the speedway cafes. But the difference is that the sheets has a lot more options than the speedway cafe. 
I mean, just in your appetizers, they have boneless, you know, boneless chicken. They have jalapeno poppers, mac and cheese bites, mozzarella sticks, onion rings, tater tots, Wisconsin cheese bites. So, I mean, I, th I think their menu just stands out a little bit more than a lot of other gas stations out, out that you'll find in the state of Ohio. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, there was another thing that was kind of interesting. Um, one of the other places they're going to is Worthington Hills, uh, which is kind of, you know, one of the suburbs around Columbus. I guess there's opposition to it. So, man, Craig, how would you uh, be in opposition to Sheets? I guess neighbors were a little bit upset because obviously when you have a gas station open 24 hours with lights and everything, maybe that's a concern. Yeah, that's, that's possible. And, you know, I, I think you always wonder like who's going to hang out at the gas stations and stuff like that. But, you know, I like I said, Sheets is, is a lot more, it's going to be a nice facility. It's going to stand out in a good way. It's going to look like, like not very many gas stations. Maybe you see around the area. It's really going to look, you know, really nice. They do a great job with them. So I would anticipate there shouldn't be, you know, very many problems, especially if you're looking at, you know, certain, certain areas of, 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 of central Ohio too. Like, I don't think Delaware is going to have any issues, you know, with, with bad apples hanging out. It's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a pretty nice uh, facility and people are going to like it. We've talked about, um, and we're not quite there yet. COVID's been better. It's still a little bit um, scary. So, I mean, it's not full steam ahead. But, man, sometime when COVID really slows down, next time Craig's in Columbus, we, we have to do a big podcast meetup because Craig's up in the Sandusky area. Thank goodness for technology. I mean, we can roll ahead with the podcast like nothing's going on. But, man, I would imagine when we eventually do have this meetup with Craig, me, and Brandon, Sheets is sounding like it's going to be definitely in the cards. I mean, yeah, Sheets. If you guys want to sponsor us, you know, or, or oh yeah, host one of our podcasts, you know, hey, <laughs> yeah, Sheets parking lot. That'll be <laughs> well. Hey. They have or, the or, plugins, you know, or, or or in the Sheets dining room, I guess. With yeah, there's thirty, 30 to forty seats. Yeah. Right, we just need we one. Us, yeah. We need one table. I, I don't even know if we'll need three laptops. I mean. If we're all sitting there. I, mean, I don't think we need. To, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, a man, the, a man could dream. The the type of food. I mean, these are the burgers that they have. <laughs> okay, so they have the big mots, which is mozzarella sticks, provolone, and marinara on top of a hamburger, and they have the twisted Swiss, which is on a pretzel roll with Swiss cheese, pickles, bacon, and boom boom sauce. I mean, I don't know what the boom boom sauce is. Boom but, boom sauce. Wow. Yeah. So you know you're 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 probably paying more for stuff at a gas station that you normally would, but you're also getting like way better stuff than you normally would at a gas station. Yeah, my wife yells at me because I get drinks at a, at a gas station. She'll be like, "Man, it's so much cheaper than, I mean, it's so much more expensive than you would if you go to the grocery store." But I'm like, it takes less time, right? Time to money, you know. So it's good. So, all right, well, we'll definitely check out sheets in the days to come. Uh, I'm, I'm especially of curbside service. My goodness, sometimes you give my wife a break, I'll take the kids for a ride. And man, sheets here we come. I can see that being on my cheeseworks very shortly, so should be good. Delaware's a little bit out of the way for me, but hey, you kill time, it's, it'll be worth it. Yeah, it's like a 40 minute drive. I mean, it's not, I'm not going every day to get gas, but hey, you know, for food or something different, why not? So. Yeah, let us know what you think about Sheets. And, man, Sheets, we just gave you away 13-minute advertisement. So <laughs> um, <laughs> we won't work with you in the future. It'll be great. So, all right, thanks for checking out the show. We'll be back shortly with more segments. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com. I'm here with Paul and Joe. How are you guys doing? Doing great this morning. I'm doing great. I actually had an unexpected family thing come up. Everything's okay. Just a little hard feelings, but it's fine. So I'm actually <laughs> recording this. Thank goodness we're audio. 
as I'm recording this, as I'm driving home from the visit. So this will be great. So this can be the greatest podcast of all time. Hopefully, I don't die in the car. So <laughs> keep me in prayer, guys. I, I really don't think that if something were unfortunate were to happen, that we should release this podcast. This is not that important to release it if something unfortunate were to happen. Yeah. So if Other got, than the fact that it may have to be part of the trial. Yes. You and, know. And if I get to heaven for this and God's like, uh, you know, hey, he knows when we're going to die and everything. And if he's like, yeah, you spent too much time podcasting, you actually died doing the podcast, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Maybe horrible. Yeah. So, as somebody now, Chris, who had a, while, while I had a car accident. Go ahead. What's that? Oh, this, Chris, while you're out and about, do you have a wire coat hanger handy in case you have birds hovering around you? Yes. <laughs> we will talk about that later. Okay. Lots of developments. <laughs> We're going to get to Birdemic, and hey, we might accept a special guest. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that offline. It'll be good. Right? <laughs> yeah, I spent half the night talking to the star of Birdemic. And it was actually good. It wasn't a situation like our friend Alan Spencer. I mean, uh, Alan, well, it's not Alan. No, I think this guy's in town too. Alan Baugh, I believe. And yeah, yeah, so, yeah we'll, have to we'll talk about that offline because I'm not sure what we're doing at Birdemic. Yeah, we'll, we'll, but, we'll no, we have a very special <laughs> podcast. Um, he might be in, so we'll have to figure that out. But right. yeah, we really want to talk quick about the Steelers. Thankfully, there's not much going on. Um, we're getting closer to the draft. There are some free agency signings happening. Um, today, Jadavian Clownley, who in paper is really good, in reality, he gets hurt a lot. Well, he didn't go to the Browns last year, and he might be to the Browns. Um, uh, he was supposedly in Cleveland today to, to sign with him. He may, he may not. Yes, he is a name, but he's a very big injury risk. But for the he Steelers, hasn't... we don't have that much. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he, he hasn't played a full season in three seasons. No? I think it was 2017 was his last right. full season. <laughs> so, you know. But the two games he does play will be against us. That's probably true. Yeah. The two games he does play will be against Pittsburgh, and he'll get seven sacks each game. <sighs> right. Because we don't have anybody playing so, offensive line. <laughs> so literally no stand, one. Yeah. And where we stand <laughs> draft wise, the problem we got is we probably have we've talked about this like what four or five starter holes would be nice to fill. Technically speaking, you've got what, you know, your first three rounds, you're lucky if you get three starters out of that. So even if they draft will only get three starters, you still got two holes you gotta fill. So my thinking, and tell me if I'm wrong here, is we're going to see who's available in the draft, draft these guys, and then whoever we can't get position-wise, that's where I think they're going to try to get somebody in the cheap free agent lines. Does that make sense? Yep. That makes perfect sense to me. Now, I've heard some talk, and Sue's made some minor signings. Honestly, guys, if one makes a practice squad, we should talk about it and celebrate it, but I'm not sure what to make of these signings but so let's just talk draft for a few minutes i'm seeing a lot more talk i i guess some of the espn guys were on local pittsburgh radio kind of saying look the Steelers might need to address quarterback this draft and they supposedly been talking to some guys paul you're in the pittsburgh area have you heard any of this talk is there more talk about the Steelers drafting a quarterback somewhere if not the first round maybe middle, middle rounds yeah, just this morning they were talking about apparently Mike Tomlin is deeply fascinated and enamored with Justin Fields, and that could lead to them trying to make something happen to move up so they can get him, which scares me to death. Well, I, I think that should scare you to death. How far? I mean, you have to move up pretty far to get Fields from where they're at. Yeah, yeah not only that, but just to do that for. Uh, I hate to be the guy, but an Ohio State quarterback. You are that guy. Um, he could be the next time. That just... that's, that's, and that's fine. <laughs> you are that guy. Yeah, I think it's a tough It's a tough sell to say that it's worth uh, sacrificing a lot to move up this draft to get that quarterback. I just don't see it right. myself when you have too many other holes to plug. There's too much else yep. going on to sacrifice a lot for a quarterback at this point. 
when I don't know, I don't know if Fields is a guy that's a long-term guy. I don't know. Here's the thing about Fields. I see some things about Fields I really like. If you look at just the Sugar Bowl, he's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he an amazing Sugar Bowl. But I remember there were a couple games, and I'm blank. It was the Indiana game, I think maybe the Northwestern. And we had been from so we're having some technical issues with uh with hearing Chris right now. Unless Chris that's the way he's area fifty one. Yeah, if that's the way that he's speaking now, I'm concerned that he's also driving. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're just you're breaking up a whole lot, Chris, right now. Uh so I'm not even sure the point that you were starting to make once you started talking there. So I hate to interrupt you, but uh we're we're having the weirdest podcast ever today. He's kind of climbing on the Justin Fields bandwagon a little bit, I think. Well, he, he's talking about a good showing in what was it the Sugar Bowl, right? Uh, and he's got great showings all over the place. He has less games than other people have to really showcase. So it's and the there's always the question about you know the quality of the teams that they're playing against, even when Ohio State's playing in the the Big Ten. Uh, the Big Ten isn't the same as having quality uh, opponents up and down your calendar. So um, that's still it's still kind of a tough sell. I see a lot of things that I really like when he's doing well. It's just almost impossible. I don't know how professional people do this, uh, evaluate somebody with a prediction of what they're going to do when they actually get to the pros. Um, yeah. That always just seems like kind of a crapshoot. Because Cardale Jones had some amazing looking games. Yes, he did. That uh, and then he <laughs> then he stopped having those amazing looking games, uh, <laughs> and uh, that became problematic. Um, yeah, I I just feel, and you know, I, maybe I've been uh, listening to Paul just a little bit too much. That <laughs> uh, especially for for the unknown commodity that is Fields. Um, I don't know if Pittsburgh's in a position to sacrifice a whole lot to move up at this phase to get a, a quarterback like him. If a quarterback like Fields falls to where they're at, which I think would be amazing. I think it's stunning. I don't think that's going to happen. If it did, I would be less uh I would be less against the idea of drafting him. I still don't think that's the priority. Um I still wouldn't do it, but uh, definitely, absolutely not trading up to get him. Yeah. What now? What if Kyle Trask falls to twenty-four? Uh, I don't know because I feel like if Trask falls to twenty-four, he's going to fall farther than that. I think that's that, now you're in a range where there isn't anybody who really needs quarterbacks, and the the teams who are coming up after that. When you go back into round two, those people just drafted quarterbacks, and there's nobody in their right mind is going to draft multiple quarterbacks in one draft so you know that then you're in a place where he's probably going to be back there in the late second uh and that's where i think we you that's that's where you can uh take a quarterback like that uh, i like trask i i think he would be good on the steelers but i think he would be that late second round guy not round one yes. i still Are think you... I, th I think running back is the the priority are they getting yeah. one of those solid I runners? Offensive, yeah. I was offensive line, but I don't know if we can get one of those top four guys at 24. I, I, I'd i be hard-pressed to pass that. Yeah, I would agree. Because uh, offensive line is almost as, as important to the running game as a good runner. Uh, they have a couple of good runners. There's another couple of good runners out there. I, uh, I think I sent out a message to our little group that – um, Giovanni Bernard is being released mm -hmm. by the, the Bengals and he would be a really good addition. Uh, as we've talked in previous podcasts about the idea that, um, you need some veteran presence back there, especially if you go out and get one of the, in your first round, go out there and get a really, uh, a, a new rookie 
to have a veteran presence there. Giovanni Bernard would be a wonderful addition for that role. Somebody who could really anchor down a solid, uh, you know, couple of series per game, uh, get you a couple of solid good carries and be a locker room leader for a young stud who's going to go out there and pound through the wall. Now, would you want Bernard with mustache or sans mustache? Oh, I think if you have a choice, you always want the mustache. <laughs> I think, you know, there's there's not enough guys who are rocking the mustache, so I think that's to be encouraged. If you in in this day and age, there's just not that not enough not as many mustaches going around, so someone who's got a solid one, you just like, mm, yeah, hang on to that stash. <laughs> you know, that that Bread, that down the aspects of the game. You know, that soup strainer up there, you know, that's, <laughs> I think that, that that's going to add a, a good half yard to every single run. Oh, definitely. You keep, you keep some of that, uh, keep the breadcrumbs out of your mouth, you know, cut down on the carbs. <laughs> that's going to get you a good half yard of every single run, including the ones that are negative yardage because you don't have enough offensive linemen. Uh, you know, that'll add an extra half yard on that. So you don't go back quite as far. <laughs> now, where do you fall on trading up in the second round? Get either a quarterback. Oh or an man, line? see that's where like the, the that's where the craziness starts happening. That's when the draft starts turning into the trading floor at Wall Street. You know, where just people <laughs> are just yelling stuff, and uh, you know, that's where the madness happens. That's where once you've really you know had a couple good sips of the Kool Aid, you start doing crazy stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that at that point, once the madness starts, you might as well. Uh, you could, you can always, you know, if you if you've got the guy you want and you've got a solid fear that there's someone that's going to take him, getting into that second round, uh, sure, because I think there's also the place where it's not going to cost you as much as trying to move up in the first round. Yeah. So, you don't want to trade away too many too many chips. Uh, trading up for a second round guy. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm back now. So my hey, welcome back. We missed we're, you. We were a little worried, but you're oh, uh, you know on Streamyard the way we record these things, we can still see your video. So we knew that you were safe. We just couldn't hear you anymore for a little while. You were kind of that broken up thing. Uh, doesn't Chevy Chase do that bit where you go up into the and. <laughs> And and that's all I have to say about that topic. <laughs> it was a little bit that for a while, so we just uh, like okay, our, we're gonna move on. <laughs> probably half our listeners were very happy when they hear me in the morning. So boy, I'm going to head on car crash and you know, we like, uh, we, we talked great. we talked through a little bit about uh, the idea of trading up in the first round. We thought it wasn't a great idea. Um, and then we moved in a little into uh, what might happen in later rounds after we get through that first round pick, which we are hoping is a running back or, or a possibly a center or offensive lineman that will really nail things down, but uh, running back for sure. But getting into later rounds, that's where you're playing with uh, a smaller pile of chips. To move up in the first round, it would cost you a lot. Um, moving up in the second or third round doesn't cost you quite so much. Um, but if you're sure you're going to get the guy you want, then yeah, sure. Why not? I heard a couple of your thoughts. And strong takes on Bernard's mustache. Yes. Yes. yes we were pro mustache that uh, Giovanni Bernard should sign up, be a mentor to a, a, a rookie running back, and he should keep the mustache because that'll give you a half yard on every run. Well, I'm, I'm kind of wondering. I heard a couple of things you guys are saying. Kyle Trask, a couple of weeks ago, I heard everything about first round pick, maybe into the first round. I'm hearing more like second, third, or maybe even fourth now. I don't know if it was because, you know, people don't like him or if people – or maybe somebody had him up really high. I, I don't know. Um, but then I heard some other things saying the Steelers might be interested in him. So I think the Steelers are interested in him. It's just got to come at the right time. Right. Like we talked a little bit about, you know, first round is when all of those top quarterbacks are going to go. You get into the lower first round, all those people have quarterbacks. Um, and then when you get back around in the top of the second round, all those people just picked quarterbacks, so they don't need to pick two of them. Um, and so he may still be there in the lower second round. Yeah, I think Trask is definitely there at 55. 
I think the question you have is they can't pressure themselves in the decision, but they're almost at a point where first or second round, you almost have to go running back lineman or lineman running back. Uh, but the problem is going to be, and we've talked about this before, is you know Najee Harris may not be there at 24. Uh, Travis Atien may not be there at 24. Uh, Javante Williams, a lot of people like him. He may not be there at 55. So like you guys are talking about, I missed up part of the conversation about you may have to move up in the second round. It makes it hard. Um, I don't know. The Justin Fields talk, I haven't seen the consistency out of him. I think it's kind of unfair. Some people say he doesn't work hard. I think he works hard. Just the games where he didn't look good kind of scares me in today's NFL. And, you know, not everyone's always going to play really well and everything, but the clunkers he had, it wasn't just say he threw picks. He made awful decisions. I mean, it was like, what are you doing here? You know, and you can't do that in the NFL. Because NFL defenses are going to be a lot more tricky than the college ones were. So that's kind of where I was about that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, running back linemen, I think, are going to be key. Uh, are, are there any linebackers you think you would have to take if they're available 24? Or are you more looking at running back or line? I, I mean, I think. Yeah, in that order, too. I think you want that running back. Um, that's the first thing you want. And if, uh, if, if those top guys you don't want is there and there's a really good lineman uh, available, then that's valuable as well. But uh, I think that running back is what you really, really need at 24. And Dave Molinari, he's one of the sewage writers for Post-Gazette. He made a pretty good point I saw recently in a chat saying, in that first and second round, you've got to get guys who start. And yeah, maybe a guy like a linebacker or quarterback you get in the first round could start, but it may not be. I mean, you still, you've still got some decent corners. you still got some decent linebackers. We've got to get starters in the draft at line and running back. So, yeah, I see that. And I, I just hope the draft – you know, fills out where those guys are available. You never know. I mean, we could look at a billion mock drafts, and, you know, it's always going to happen like this. Somebody's going to go way early, and somebody's going to go way late. Like, you know, after the first round, you always see guys, you're like, man, some people project him to be 10th or 15th. They're still available in the second round. So that's just the unknown that we're not going to know until draft night. All right. Absolutely. Well, there are some things... <laughs> There's some days we could talk about the Steelers for probably 800 hours, and there's days where we talked about 18 minutes, and people were like, man, they kind of drugged us out a little bit. And yeah. That's one of the days. So any other thoughts on the Steelers before I go on my laptop and we'll have a more sane podcast on the next one we do? I don't think we have anything more to say. Uh, we'll see if there's any more signings that happen um, between – now in the draft, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of action because now we're into that phase where, you know, we have to sit the, the shoe needs to drop in the draft. And then there's going to be a lot of cleanup to do after that. I think there's still more really solid players that are out there, probably some good guys who are going to end up on our roster, um, but it, they're going to have to see what they can get out of a draft and then start making some calls to some of these, these, uh, the, the vets who who don't have a landing spot right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. All right. So, yeah, that was our Steelers podcast today. Thanks for checking it out. We'll be back next week. Um, it might be a short one, too, because, yeah, I, I agree. I think the draft has got dropped. I think after that, you'll see some guys get signed. Uh, Alejandro Fenueva is a guy I could see possibly being resigned. That's right. Maybe even a James Card, depending on if they can't get a running back. So anything's possible. But right now, yeah, I don't see him moving until yeah, and uh, until the draft's over and people know what they have. Yeah, and right now you don't know what you have, so it doesn't make sense to sign any of these guys unless some guy really comes up that you have to get and you have to get him right now. And I definitely wouldn't classify Big Al or James Conner as that guy. So, well. Right. Checking out the podcast, we appreciate it. And like I said, we're, we're gonna have more content. Believe me, in a couple weeks we'll be talking definitely for an hour about the Steelers once we get very close to draft time. But this is pretty much what we got for now. So uh, thanks for checking us out. Uh, appreciate Paul and Joe, 
And we'll, we got more content coming this week. Uh, we'll see you back in a little bit. Have a good one. All right. Welcome back to the Ohioan. Um, the diversity, very important issue. And I was talking to our guests a minute beforehand, and sadly it's something that uh, we have these issues. We have these issues in Ohio. We have these issues around the country. In a perfect world, I wish they went away. I mean, yeah. I wish we could love each other under condition. Uh-huh. But it, it's, we live in a world where, sadly, it doesn't happen. Right. Now, let's talk to, to um, from Mount Vernon, Nazarene. I'm sorry. I always mess up in saying this. Mount Vernon, Nazarene University. That's uh, it right Taylor. He's a director of intercultural life there. Um, we got him on because they've got a forum coming up, um, which starts this week on April 15th, talking about can we heal the divide? So, Tavares, thanks for coming on and uh, appreciate your time this morning. Well, no, thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm appreciative that you all have invited me and reached out about having this important conversation and creating the space for it. And I think, honestly, you know, we talked a little bit before we came on. That's the way to start some of these conversations is by groups creating the space to be able to have some of these conversations. So thank you both. Thank you, Ohioan, for the opportunity to let me come on. Very good. And you guys could be talking about a lot of issues, um, discussing diversity and inclusion. Yeah. What do you guys hope to accomplish at, at the event this week? I, I get that question a lot just as we plan this event because – when we look at our world and we look at our country, it's gone through so many didactic changes this year. And I don't know if it's necessarily changes, but we've seen things that we have not seen before. With COVID-19, with elections, with built up um, racial tension, we're seeing things we have not seen in recent history. That doesn't mean it hasn't necessarily been there. It might have been there, but we haven't had the opportunity to look at it and put a big eye on it like we are now. So when we look at overall diversity and inclusion and what we want to accomplish from this, I want people to leave with conversation starters. Why? Because at the end of the day, some of the only way to heal certain divides is having conversations about the reality that there's divides. You know, we all want unity. We want to get to the place where we have unity. But before we get to the place of unity, we have to talk about the disunity that there is. It's nothing wrong with it because it's there. And we may not be able to impact every heart, but if we can impact one or two, this form was worth it. I've said this in the past when I've talked about you know diversity and everything, where you know, a lot of times it's easy to blame, you know, our politicians, it's easy mm-hmm. to blame, you know, some of the systemic issues that we see like you know sadly here i'm based here in the columbus area we've had two real just just bad experiences of people of color being shot uh, by uh, police officers and there was no real great evidence to say that you know it was justified at all i mean there was a lot of evidence to say it wasn't justified and I think it's easy to sit on a podcast like this and say, all right, we're blaming the politicians, we're blaming the police, let's blame everything else. But an easy answer is to say, well, what can we do ourselves? And it's a great answer that I came up with. But the hard thing about that is, okay, if you've got the right attitude, you're saying the right things, you're saying, well, it starts with me. How difficult that is to influence other people? Because, yeah, it, it starts with us, but how do we take that to the next step to help influence other people. Like you're talking about these conversations. Um, do we just keep having these conversations and really saying, Hey, you know, let's share what we learned with somebody else. And it just keeps growing. Is it that simple? Is there something more advanced to it? Well, the thing about it is any conversation, me and my wife have conversations all the time about things we need to do, but unless I get up and take out the trash, then that's not getting done. So yes. at the end of the day, we have these conversations you know, and lots of people keep them at conversations, but all of us have spheres of influence that we have been given. We have places that we have influence, whether that's in your local community, whether that's in your business, whether that's on your job, whether that's in your churches, wherever it is, somebody has a sphere of influence. Somebody who will listen to this, you all have a sphere of influence on the, on the, on the web, on the internet and with your show. 
You know, so whatever your sphere of influence is, is to take these conversations back and build conversation. Conversation then should lead to strategy and strategy should lead to application, how you apply it. So it's not just, it starts with conversation because everything, because if we don't know what the issue is, we won't be able to develop strategy around fixing it tailored to our sphere of influence. And once we have that, then we apply it and then we should see results. And sometimes it's not always going to be perfect, but it's not the person who's outside of the arena, as uh, President Teddy Roosevelt said, but it's the person in the arena. It's the person who's going to go through the struggles to get it done. You don't have to be perfect to do it, but as long as you're putting forth the effort, that's a step in the right direction. Okay. And let me make sure I give Craig the opportunity to ask you something. Craig, what do you have? Yeah, well, thanks for uh, coming on with us today, Tavares. Uh, what do you think? Why do you think it's so important to have one of these uh, programs out Mount Mount Vernon Nazarene? I mean, you know, obviously we always hear about big college campuses maybe hosting events like this, but here we've got more of a of a smaller private university kind of jumping in. Why do you think it's so important for you guys to host an event like this? That's an interesting um, question, Craig, because. With Mount Vernon Nazarene University and, and a part of our endeavor is to ensure that small colleges have these conversations too, that smaller colleges bring, because bigger colleges do, they have a lot of these type of events, but oftentimes these type of events have been forsaken in smaller universities. That's not Mount Vernon Nazarene University. We're not going to forsake the topic just because of uh, we're, we're a small university. This event shows the university's investment into these topics. It shows that even though we are a, 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 a smaller institution in comparison um, to maybe your Ohio State or something like that, that we're just as invested in them. We're just as invest, invested as them in these type of issues. And we're gonna continue to work on ourselves first and then we want to be able to bring impact to other universities in their conversations to have meaningful change inside of their universities. We're doing it, hopefully with this event, other universities will watch. And our hope is that they say, hey, we wanna put something like this on at our university because that's their sphere of influence. That's where they have the opportunity to see meaningful change and impact. So that's the reason that we're doing it. Also, just with our overall demographic, we feel that Mount Vernon is a prime place to be able to have events like this. Why? Because there is a divide as far as racial demographics. Let me, let me tell you about that. I'm from the South. I'm from Georgia. So Ohio is a bit of a, a pendulum swift for me, shift me because it looks totally different. Right. Um, just because it looks different doesn't mean hearts aren't similar. And there are people who are really interested in these issues. There are people who are really interested in bringing meaningful change. And that's the reason that we're doing it, because we found a prime place in Mount Vernon Nazarene University to do it. Our people are excited about it, and we're thrilled for the opportunity to be able to do it. Mount Vernon Nazarene University, we're taking these issues seriously. We're putting it and we're investing in it because we believe it's important. Excellent. Again, um, we're here with Tavares Taylor. He's the Director of Intercultural Life at Mount Vernon Nazarene University on April 15th. Which April 15th. Is, yep, Thursday night at 7 p.m. They've got a woven diversity forum called Can We Heal the Divide? Talking about diversity and inclusion. And um, it's free. I mean, you know. Absolutely free. Not to attend the event. You can register. You can go in person. Uh, they have social distancing. Where yeah, wear a mask. You know, we gotta keep everyone safe and everything. But if you're like, wait a minute, I live far away from Mount Vernon, I can't get there on Thursday night. You can register and you can watch it online too. So wherever you're at in Ohio, if you're listening to this at other areas, other than Ohio, you can check it out. And it's free, uh, and we'll have the link on our website where you can easily uh, register for the event. Uh, Tavares, the other thing I was thinking about, which is interesting to me at least. Um, Sometimes, like these um, diversity events, they're in an urban area where you know you've got more people of color and everything. Um, you know, Knox County, it's not as known as quite as diverse of an area as other people. Is this a good I method? Noticed. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got to be because you can watch it wherever. I mean, you could be in Columbus and watch. It's not like you have to necessarily drive up there. But is there a hope that maybe that'll help rural areas as well? Because sometimes the attitudes about diversity are different from a urban to rural area. Uh, could that help too? Is that one of the reasons why you're having it at a rural area? That's a that's a very 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 good question. And like you said, more urban areas do have these events because they have greater dynamics of diversity in, in within their county or city limits. Um, we're having it in this rural area just because of that. Because first thing that there are within our pop within our population, our students that come from international backgrounds that are the international, we have African American students, Asian students, um, Latino students. Well those students make Native American students, those students make up about 13% of our population. Now in comparison to larger universities, that's not humongous. Um, but also within our within our within our city, we have a smaller population of that diverse, but they're they're there. And oftentimes what happens is because it's not a large group of people, those groups and those voices oftentimes get forgotten about. And it's easy for them to go under the radar to feel discriminated against. But when we talk to those groups, they say, we have experienced these levels of discrimination and we have experienced some of these challenges. And, you know, some people, when you go to the smaller city, you try to get away from it. So when you have to deal with it, still being in these places, is absolutely hard. So we feel it crucial. Um, and let, let me just say something about the, the type of speakers that we have. I'm very proud of the lineup that we have. Um, we have yeah, Dr. Chantel Jenkins. She is highly experienced in higher education and has done great research and writing on inequality in education. We have Dr. Da um, Doug Van Nest, who is our Dean of, of, of Ministry here at the university, and he's going to give us powerful insight from a church perspective, what churches can be doing. We have two gentlemen from Cleveland. Uh, one has worked in, in Wall Street and, and analytics and investment for years, uh, Mr. Jake Bernard Crew, and another one, Mr. Quentin McCorvey. He's worked in public policy and in business for years. Uh, we have the mayor of our city who will be speaking at this event about some of his recent endeavors with um, communities of colors right here. And that's something powerful because he really has tried to reach out to communities of colors, even when he realizes it's not my largest voting block. And yeah. you know what? Isn't doesn't it feel good when a politician says, "Hey, this isn't my largest voting block, but I'm going to reach out to him anyway." Right. Um, you know. So, and myself, I'll be speaking. So we've got a great lineup of speakers. We are encouraging outside guests just because of COVID precautions to watch it online. Um, that that link is www.mpnu.edu slash woven forum. And I mean, it, it is going to be good. You're going to get great opportunities. You'll be able to win prizes if you register and you'll be put into uh, a raffle to be able to win prizes. So Whoa. we want, yeah, we, I mean, we, we, we're, like I said, we're, we're investing in it. Why? Because we want people to know about it. We want people to have these conversations. We want the people who say, I've never been a part of a diversity conversation to come to this one. Those, you're the perfect, if you've never been to one, you're the perfect candidate. You, the thing is, we're not bringing people, and we don't want people to watch it. I don't want them to feel demonized. I don't want them to feel less than because, you know, of different things that they've had experience in their life. No, I want people to feel welcome. I want them to feel welcome at the end of the day to know hey, you're coming to be a part of a conversation. We can work on these things together. We want unity. We're going to have to have convers hard conversations to get to unity, but it's possible. We can do it. I want people to feel comfortable being there. Um, and, and we've got great speakers who are going to speak into this event. So I hope your, your viewers would be interested in being there. And um, yeah, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, very good. And there's also a watch later option. Because I know some people might yeah. say, wow, this sounds great, but I'm busy on Thursday night. Well, That's you fine. can watch it later online, right? Absolutely. You can go right. back and watch it later online. We've made all of that available. We don't want any we don't want to hinder anyone from being able to have the opportunity that's going to come with this event. So we are making it extremely accessible. Fantastic. And Craig's got another question for you about the event. 
Yeah, real quick, Tavares. I mean, obviously, we're we're sort of still knee deep in this pandemic, uh, but now it seems like more than ever we've we've heard more and more voices about diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. especially in light of things that happened in the past year with George Floyd and th- and mm-hmm. other police issues. Um, has COVID presented challenges for having talks like this and and being able to get people you know together to be able to discuss diversity and inclusion issues? Or has you know maybe going virtually helped have more of these types of meetings to to maybe expand and, and reach a greater number of people than ever before? Right, virtually. I think that's a very good question. Honestly, I think the pandemic has helped, um, and that that's interesting to say because the pandemic hasn't helped with much of anything. But I think the pandemic has helped with regards that it calmed us down, it forced us to stay inside, it forced us to be at home more. I believe there's more people who renovated pieces of their house they didn't even know about it in the past 12 months than they have in the past 20 years. So we had to stay at home more. We had the opportunity to look on the internet more and come across these type of forums. So for me, the internet has helped greatly. We've been able to get not just speakers from around the Ohio area, but around the country and around the world um, to be able to be a part of lots of these forums. Um, we release a monthly newsletter um, that if you reach out to the university, we'll be able to get you more information about that. That's specifically focused on the diversity efforts of our university. It's on a monthly basis. So the pandemic has provided us a unique opportunity to be able to reach people who I believe we have we would not have been able to reach um, if we if we just would have continued on in society. I don't think I don't think any of the com- lots of the conversations that we're having with death would have happened if the pandemic wouldn't have happened. It's an unfortunate to say that, right. but I believe it's a true reality. Sure. Very good. Well, well Tavares, thanks again. It was great oh, to welcome. have you on. I appreciate that. A lot of great discussions about yes. diversity that are upcoming. Check it out. Again, um, you're with Mount Vernon uh, Nazarene University. I got the Can We Heal the Divide, a woven diversity forum. It's coming Thursday night at Mount Vernon Nazarene yes. or virtually. So, again, yeah. we have people from all over Ohio uh, listening. So, virtually might be the way to go if you can't make the trek out to Mount Vernon on Thursday. We will have links for how to register, sign up, and, man, looking forward to this. This is going to be good. And, again, you can watch this on demand if you can't make it Thursday night. So, lots of great stuff. Uh, Tavares, thanks for your time. Uh, hang out for a second. I want to ask you something offline. Um, but thank you, everybody, for checking out the Ohioan. Uh, new segments every day. Um, check out our, uh, you know, check out our sponsors and everything. We really appreciate. It. And as always, check out the Hope Interrupted podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a um, weekly uh, podcast discussed with Byron McCauley and Jennifer Mooney about race issues and how to speak cross culturally with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tavares, I got to talk to you about the offline real quick. Okay, be very interesting. So thanks again for Craig. Um, thanks for checking out our show. Have a great day, everybody. All right. Bye-bye.